<laughs> Let's start. You want me to record by? My audio uh, I think I'll be all right. Okay. I think I'll be all right. Uh, famous last words. Right. It has yeah. been a while, Nate Henry from yeah. Larry Creatures. What's no. up? It is wild. It's been, um, let's see, since, I guess it's been like, what, like five or six months since we've been on each other's show? Maybe yeah. less. Yeah. Yeah, you came on our show couple times yes. i think the last time you came was like yeah about dmt and all that yeah yep maybe two three months ago people like that one they did I, I got a ton of emails from your listeners about that um wow. which is so funny how you're it's like you and uh this other podcast dopey y'all have definitely blown up uh which is great which is great because I, I remember you when y'all when you were starting out and how it was just it's so funny how podcasts work yeah uh how it's like oh yeah we're just gonna do this this show that's specifically about this and yeah. then four or five months later it is completely different yeah well i mean you know what it's like it's if you want to well in some ways it it just got heavier in because our first episode we talked about the Giants, Bigfoot, all the things. It's just more like people coming on and sharing their stories are just heavier and heavier and heavier and weirder and weirder. But it's it's still in the same genre. It's just Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. I it's not completely different, but it's um well no. Well and, and I it just wasn't just too, like yeah. I, I yeah. forgot. I was like, Oh yeah, the the first introduction to you was from Don't Feed the Trolls, which I could definitely say it is completely different yeah, from that. Exactly. Exactly. That is wild. <laughs> I know, yeah. man. Well, I mean, that's how that's how life should be. It's it's yeah. We're all on a journey, and it's like a it's like a science, you know, the scientific method. You know, you you keep plowing until you hit a wall, and then you realize, okay, my theories are bad, or this this idea is not right, or the the data is different, so we got to go the, another route. Yeah, I, I think some things that pisses me off the most is some of my friends are just like, especially friends from college. They're just they're preaching the same stuff they did 25 years ago. And I'm like, dude, you have not grown or changed or adapted or done it. You're, you're literally saying the same exact crap. Yeah. Like as far as um, like belief systems, you mean beliefs, politics, just oh, like yeah. hang, hang ups with the church. It's just the same, yeah. like, it's the same garbage regurgitated. I'm like, dude, like, if you haven't healed your church trauma at this point, like, just give up because yeah, it's, it's 12 become, years of bashing the church is just worthless. Yeah, it's a super, it's a super buzzword. I got, I mean, I got caught. Well, it's all right. It's one of those. Yes, 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 yes. It's one of those double-edged swords where in 2014, um, that's when I was getting sober that time. And I, I discovered trolls, bad Christian. Uh, I got friends with like Joey and mm -hmm. Matt and all them. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized at that point in time that I needed a serious overhauling in what I actually believed versus what I thought I believed. So yeah. it was super useful at that point, but yes, mm -hmm. once you're done, complaining and moaning and like getting all that out it's like okay now i need I, like what i found is the people that are still uh air quotes processing like that trauma or whatever it, it's like it's almost like they don't want anything new they just yeah. their their new identity is kind of just like 
oh, this thing sucked. And here's why, like, I, I no longer believe in like God in general. And all of y'all mm -hmm. are dumb for believing in it because I have intellectually torn it apart. It's like, okay, cool. So how does that live out for you? Yeah. If, if it works. All right, cool. It didn't work for me. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're, you're sort of building your brand and your life on what you don't like, as opposed to what you do like. Yes. Like <clears throat> move on. What do you yes. like? What do you believe? What, what is happening? Let's turn the page. And I think it's good to, to quote deconstruct for a little while and figure out, okay, what, what, what's left? What do I actually believe? And everyone gets to an age. It's not just deconstructing from your faith, but it's deconstructing from everything. You know, all this, this whole entire system that you've been, you've grown up in, like, well, who are you in the middle of it all? And why do you think the way you think? And why do you believe what you believe? But yeah, it just, it just got boring. Just like constantly just having to like deal with, I mean, it kind of felt like Twitter in some ways, like Twitter is just like, yeah, it's, it's like negative 90% of the time. And eventually you're just like, this site is just, it's just sucks. Yeah, there's there's like nothing good on this site, you know, ever. No, except for like movie leaks. That's about it. I mean, yeah, it, it's just like I I, I got to get out of this. Like, I, do I feel more informed sometimes? Yes, but the downside is is ninety percent of the time I'm just I feel like like I just feel crappy after I get off that website. I see. So. I guess I'm fortunate. I never understood. I still don't. I really don't understand how to use Twitter. And I never took the time to try, uh, which I which was bad for the podcast brand and other <laughs> yeah. things. But I, I still don't get it. I, I like I've, I've probably the only time I'm on Twitter is following Reddit links just to view a thread or whatever. And then yeah. I, I just I just don't understand how it works. And I don't care to because I can't stand Yes, 90% of the people on there. Yeah, it's like, I, I guess the compass is just like, do you want to know the internal monologue of some famous person or someone you like? And and depending on how interesting you are in your professional life, I guess, is depends on how some people use it just like to, you know, retweet ideas that they believe in or whatever. And but for the most part, it's just like, do I want to follow this person's just random thoughts that they have throughout their, their life. No, because a lot of it's not constructive. So it, it just creates sort of a, everyone just gets triggered. They should just call it trigger instead of Twitter. That's good. That's good. You thought of that yourself? That's yeah. Good. Just cop. Just, just, just now. You should start a new one called trigger. That's good. Trigger. Uh, but yeah, I know I had, I was like, I had a decent following and they gave me that stupid blue check and everything. And I still deleted it. Cause I was like, I don't even care. This is just, this place sucks. And I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I think that was keeping me on Twitter. Cause I felt kind of cool a little bit. Cause like, Oh, I got a verified account on this. Like, yeah. And I was like, F this dude. I don't, it's gone. I'm deleting it. And I well, felt so much better after I got, after that happened. So it feeds our little lowercase g god complex i mean yeah. it's i mean you know the whole thing of like oh i have followers it turns yeah. everybody into a little guru yeah when most even i like no business being some sort of guru or whatever right and i think that's why we just take we would just make silly memes and just have fun yeah that's that's that has always been my philosophy for social media is that like just do stupid jokes yeah 
or like that's like people wildly take it seriously or like funny little inspirational videos that make people feel feel good and then yeah it's hard though man because people feel it they feel it in the air and they don't know what to do with it they don't have a voice and they don't have anyone that listens and they they have all this angst and i get why well it's i also recently found out in some in some therapy i mean i knew i i knew it um I knew this fact to be true. I guess I, I hadn't heard it ar- articulated in this way, but um, I guess it's like a form of codependency on like a mass scale. But like ever since I was a kid, uh, if I wasn't the center of attention or it's kind of like the, if I'm not good, I'm going to take my kickball and go home. Right. So if I wasn't like the center of attention, then I didn't want to participate. Okay. And so then and then I started using drugs when I was 15. And so they say like uh, your emotional growth stops whenever you start using and kind of picks up whenever you get sober. Right. So basically like emotionally, most addicts and alcoholics are severely stunted. Um, but either way, so that kind of evolved. Now I'm an adult and social media is the worst for mm. that personality type because it's like I have all these groups and friends and you know real i have real relationships and connections with people all over the country and all over the internet and in these groups Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know like i tried to i tried to do like a funny uh meme page for church and other drugs and uh, you know i I did these those jet exotic videos and doing all these things that while they were very satisfying then all of a sudden i felt like i had to constantly be like produce content to feel validated but i never even really felt validated it's like okay um i guess it's that classic thing of i'm looking for internal uh satisfaction through these external things right and Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. social media it is impossible to win that game because Mm -hmm. you have to be on it 24 7 and you constantly have to uh be seeking It, it just it's it is exhausting and non-rewarding and it's kind of the whole thing it's like okay do do you exist if you're not on social media and how do you find the true satisfaction that comes from being in like personal relationship meaningful relationship with the people that do love you it's like I would always give my energy and attention to these people that didn't really matter like Mm -hmm. no offense but they don't matter. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I know more what you mean now because we've kind of had just as your podcast expands and grows, you get, and the same thing kind of happened being in a band. You have people that really cling on to whatever you're doing and they sort of, they think that you're like, they think that you're their friend or they think that you're, you know, each other and they, they think that you have some kind of rare relationship and like, I don't, I don't know you, you know, no, <laughs> it's that parasocial relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so strange. So, you know, I, we dealt with it a little bit in the, in the band days, but for the most part, those kids that came to our shows, they didn't grow up with the internet. So I can see now how much worse it is. Yeah. Like 27 year olds, 28 year olds, Dude, they've had a phone in their pocket since they were 13, 14. So maybe even younger. 12. 
somewhere in there. Oh, some I've met 10, 10 and eight. And it's not to say, of course, that like I don't and you also don't love interacting with fans from the show and stuff. Um, it's more it's more for me. It's more about my discipline. It's like I can't just leave it at that relationship. It, it's a weird thing where. Well, you know, you know, the people online are not your friends. I don't think this other generation does. I don't think they get that. Yeah. I think they'd never, they think that it's all one, one soup. I have my friends in real life. I have my friends on the internet. Yeah. It's like, you don't know those people on the internet. You don't know them. Yeah, that's true. And, and you and I are like, you remember the days with the rotary phone, man? Remember yep. the days with like, you leave a message and then like, maybe you'll hear from your friend in a week, you know? Right. These people are like, they're pissed at you if you don't respond to them immediately. You know, and it's I, like, I know I'm trying weird. to get into the habit of like delayed response because eventually you'll train people. But I, you know, I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Or, well, actually, everybody, everybody does know that if you call me, there's a 90% chance I will not answer at first. I will text you. I'm trying to get out of that habit, too. Oh, it's all good. I understand. It's like, you know, a lot of people and. And if you're very uh, a moody person, it's like you got to be in the right, yes. the right mood. Yes, yes, it, It's also a double-edged sword, though, because it's like when I'm in that mood, which I've been a lot better lately, but when I'm in that mood, talking to someone would help me, but it is the last thing I want to mm. do. It's mm. like, just leave me be in my little, my sad little and world. And you started a podcast. And I started a podcast. <laughs> Maybe that's why, because it's like I'm a therapist. I do a podcast. So I do a lot of and it, I, I actually that got brought up in like previous relationships where it's like by the end of the day, I was so done talking, but I still needed to talk to people that I was in relation with. So it was like, oh, OK, you need to make sure you save some energy for the people that need it. Mm. Yeah. That's so strange. That so is strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you don't have that that balance of it's almost like you need to know which fuel you need right now. Yeah. And uh some people, yeah, they're just burned out from their job and they don't have the the wherewithal to say, maybe this job isn't the right thing for me and my personality because I mean that's the that's the thing that I'm running into the podcast was like nice because there was a lot of times during the day I'm with my kids all day long. So mm. by the time I get to talk to some adult and have some crazy conversation, that's like totally stimulating to me, I'm pumped. But then, you know, I remember Luke was like working sales all day long. And then last thing he has juice for is like a two hour conversation about crazy theology and aliens I and know. stuff like that. So I was a little less self-aware that like I was ready for those conversations, but but that's because I was watching kids all day long and yeah. needed adult stimulation. And my co-host was the exact opposite. So, but. And I'm looking at, uh, I don't exactly, there's no, I'm looking at trying to, uh, ideally if I can figure it out, uh, do school full time this upcoming semester and like take a break from work. I think I'm kind of finally hitting a wall where like, I've just been so spread thin and trying to like okay i can make this work but it's just mm -hmm. like at some point even if it's just for a year or whatever it's like i need yeah. 
take a little breather and just refocus on something. Yeah, this is, I feel this is probably my sixth podcast episode this week already. It's Jeez. Just, it's been a lot. And it's funny because we just interviewed Heiser yesterday. So, oh, did you? Yeah. So, What'd you talk? is he, is he good? Like with his, uh, I don't know. He told that's, us he's that's public, little, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, got he's cancer. Ill. Yeah. He's not doing, I think he's, he's maintaining right now. Oh, it's not that so great though. It's, it's, it seems like he's still kind of hoping that he might be a candidate for surgery, but he doesn't know yet. It's not getting worse, but it's not getting better. So he's kind of in that, that middle stage, mm. you know? So, That's so tough, but it's crazy. Cause you were the one who kind of got me onto him. Yeah. Years ago. And he said on our podcast, he's like, I've only done one other interview besides you guys in eight months. And we're like, wow. You know, that was yeah. kind of cool. That was kind of cool that he, um, you know, let us have some of his time. So I, we're just super thankful, man. He's such a wealth. Like it is an unbelievable wealth of knowledge that dude yeah. has. So we talked about ghosts. We did a ghost episode for Halloween. So good. That's funny. That's that's so weird because that's what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, well, that hey, you know, I got all that knowledge in my head. Good because so. I barely had any. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, I was like, I let's talk it. about ghosts for Halloween. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it was, it was like the difference between human dead and the dead, say the dead Rephaim or the dead Nephilim, or there's a delineation in scripture that they that not not you know christians just slap demon on everything but it's yeah it's not the case so here so all right so first any uh well a few rapid fires any do you have any personal ghost experiences uh and then i also the logic of the why are there only ghosts from like the 16 to 1800s it seems like why are there only and as far as uh we'll say you know america north america or the united states it seems like there's only ghosts from like mm. um mid early 1800s and they're always dressed in victorian or uh mm -hmm. early clothing um yeah have and i i have had a few, I guess I would call them ghostly encounters, but I've never, like, I have seen, like, for instance, uh, basically I've seen the things of, like, uh, physical movement with no explanation. Like, I was in this place called Cinecor, uh, which is, it was this uh, work release treatment center, and it was in a old hospital, mm. uh, and like to the degree that the laundry room was the old morgue so like it, it had a mm -hmm. elevated step because the whole thing was refrigerated mm -hmm. and there was this wing of the current facility and the old hospital that was mm -hmm. uh under construction off limits and i saw it everybody or like five of us we saw it on the security camera everyone got this bad juju feeling from that area um, and on the security camera, uh, doors would just fly open and shut. Mm. Like I saw that with my own eyes and it, we mm -hmm. went there, there was no draft, there's no wind, there's no open windows. And we're talking hospital doors, you know, those, like those old, um, like press button and they open and shut the two doors. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, uh, down yeah. a corridor or a hallway and you press the, um, and yeah, the door just literally looking like someone is grabbing it, slamming it, grabbing it, slamming it. Okay. Mm, mm. Um, well, I felt presences like, uh, which I guess that, you know, that might not count, but and these were all in, um, it seems like I have a lot of like haunted treatment center things right so there was this other place where um it was called the owl's nest and you can imagine uh from like an overhead view uh there's a central building and then like in a circle central building in the center and there was like four um dorm style like camp uh camp cabin style lodges uh, in a semicircle around the center. Okay. And it was built on this hill. And apparently it was built as uh, student housing, but they found out that it was built on top of a landfill. So the property value plummeted. The guy that built it lost all of his money. Wow. And he went into the closet of the main building and shot himself with a shotgun. And so we were playing hide and seek. Uh, one night, <laughs> grown adults in rehab mm. playing hide and seek. And I went into that closet and shut the door, right? And got the most hair on the back of my head, felt like someone was right behind me, mm. like could not stay in that closet. Mm. So that was another. And then I've seen uh, the ghost lights on holly's island it's some beach in south carolina where um this is an old an old ghost thing where you're on a beach at night you look in the distance and you see lanterns mm. um almost signaling and then you walk over there and there's those. well it it looked more like someone carrying a lantern okay so like on the beach on the beach like at like it not literally, out on the water i don't know no no no, no 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 like you're on a beach you look down down yeah. like maybe 50 60 70 100 yards and it just looks like someone's carrying a lantern kind of swaying almost mm. like an orb uh and then you walk yeah. over there and there's nothing there yeah the orb things where we get i mean all this stuff has been emailed to us on the show and, and described and the more our show barrels on, the more people feel confident to like share their weird stories with us and stuff. So the orb thing's really strange. A lot of people s express, you know, the same sort of the same scenarios where they see these orbs floating through the through the forest, like yellow, red, white. These like they look like about the size of a beach ball or a volleyball, and they're floating. They're just floating through the trees and stuff. And they they also they 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 go with Bigfoot a lot. They see them, and they and it might be a way that these things these spirits travel, as they kind of they can sort of come in and come in and out of our realm, and then when they're not, they're kind of transitioning as these lights. And the other thing that that's interesting is that it's not it's the trauma loop. So that guy shoots himself in the closet. There's this trauma that's associated with it, and tons of trauma loops. And the weird part is it's not just people. It's like it can be attached to items and stuff like ships and trains 
and we're doing an episode on the ghost the ghost ships and the ghost trains that people would see and there's these... so many of those yeah so like you know the, there was there was several um like reports of a couple ships that would go on they would appear to sailors in the middle of the night and it was like there was like a dead man at the wheel and there was no crew there was nothing and if you you know back then if you understood how how to navigate a ship it took a whole crew to get the thing moving and going and, and staying on the course so if this thing just comes up and buzzes you and then leaves it's it was baffling to these sailors and then a lot of people said that there was these old haunted railways where in the middle of the night these trains would be going down the tracks in the middle of the night. It's it's straight out of like Ghostbusters, you know, like. Oh, there. It's funny you said the because uh, I was looking up uh, Bible verses and yeah, Job twenty six. The ghosts of the dead writhe under the waters along with those who live there with them. But you just um, in Baton Rouge, Civil uh, War ghost. This was this was an awesome. Um, Oh, gosh, where was it? So uh, in Baton Rouge, um, there's this long road called Highland Road. And it was a couple years back. Um, so it was where this stretch was, was an old Civil War battlefield. And so mm -hmm. either this was a prankster or, and in which case that's amazing, or uh, it was a ghost because around like two between two and three in the morning police got all these calls about a man dressed in tattered civil war clothing yeah. shambling across the street. Right. Like, like it was, it was a news story, mm. multiple witnesses and no, no person like they came out there. Nobody found anything, mm. but it's like, so I guess I was going to ask. So yeah, you believe in ghosts. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I think more people, I think most people do. I mean, even Heiser brought up the point that when Jesus is walking on the water, the disciples were all like, "It's a phantasm. It's a, it's a ghost." Yes. Right? So I don't think this is like. I think most humans throughout history have understood that there are certain spirits that are benevolent, that are probably human, or were human. They're not evil. They're not bad. They're 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 sort of ambiguous, but they're not here to harm you. But they, what what would they be though? Because it's like okay, so they conjured so, up was they conjured up Samuel? You know that's what that's what I have pulled up the the witch <laughs> and the witch of Endor. About. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite. Which all right, I'll recap it real quick yeah. for the people listening. So, um, da 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 da. When the prophet Samuel dies, he's buried in Ramah. Saul, the king of Israel, this is like the most famous ghost story in the Bible, seeks advice from God in choosing a course of action against the assembled forces of the Philistine army. He receives no answer from dreams, prophets, uh, or the Yorim or Thummim, having previously driven out all necromancers and magicians mm -hmm. from Israel. Saul searches for a witch anonymously and is told one is living in the village of Endor with all the Ewoks. So Saul disguises himself <laughs> and crosses through enemy lines to visit her, asking her to raise Samuel. The woman at first refuses on account of Saul's edict against sorcery. 
but Saul assures her she will not be punished. The woman summons a spirit, and when it appears, she works out who Saul is and screams, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. Saul assures her no harm will come to her and asks what she sees. So I guess he can't see it. She says she sees Elohim rising. Saul asks what he looks like, and she describes an old man wrapped in a robe. Saul bows down to the spirit, but is apparently unable to see it himself. The spirit complains of being disturbed, berates Saul for disobeying God, and predicts Saul's downfall. Mm. So, yeah, so a couple things there. A, the fact that necromancers and sorcerers were banned, you're not going to ban something that doesn't exist. Bingo. Okay. B, the fact that the witch herself is like shocked. That's always my favorite part. The witch is like, wait a minute. Yeah. This well, isn't what I signed well, she, up for. She probably thinks she's going to get killed because she's doing something illegal, right? So she's getting caught by the king doing something illegal and uh, freaks out. So, And also, she probably realizes that she's dealing with she's 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 partaking in more of you know a prophet you know somebody who's who 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 represents the one true god not the not the lesser god so it's probably a lot a lot of emotion going on in that in that scene for a lot of various reasons so i mean i just want to give your listeners this like i've been listening i mean we i've been producing our podcast for two and a half years i live in a weird bubble where everyone tells us all this stuff all the time from being abducted from, by aliens since they were kids to, you know, hanging out with Bigfoot and all kinds of weird stories that I think for the average person is hard to listen to and understand. I think human beings, specifically Old Testament, when they died, they didn't, it's just, it's, it was just like, you didn't, you didn't just cease to exist. You went somewhere, you know, right. you, went to, you went to the underworld. Sheol. Yeah. And there are different la- layers of the underworld. And there's different places for certain entities. Um, but the demons are supposedly the spirits of the, the dead giants, you know? Right. And human beings are different. And when, when Christ goes down and gets the keys to death and to Hades and all these different places and rescues the, the Christians who, you know, in, in life were part of God's family, I think that it's just like they kind of just pass over in another dimension. And then so they're there. They can they can be conjured up. They can be communicated with. They're not gone. Like you and I, are, are not, we don't cease to exist when, after, after this life. We're just in a different place. But we're not gone. The so most, yeah. So that's interesting. And, and so I will say, in my experience, the most common belief in ghosts is... Uh, this is a story I've heard so many times from from I'll just call them regular people, not necessarily Christians, uh, whatever, um, is loved ones coming back as animals. Like I've heard so many stories of uh, grandfather's favorite bird landing on someone's leg during a funeral, grandfather's grandmother's favorite butterfly. Like mm. you, you know what I'm talking about? I've heard that story. Yeah. so many times and Mm -hmm. that's always i guess it's like why do you think so why do you think it's forbidden to try to so like okay if ghosts are real if ghosts 
if this is just a thing that exists, then why is it a forbidden practice to talk to them or to attempt to talk to them? I I think a lot of times it's just like Pandora's box, right? Like you you don't know what you're getting. Okay. Right? So I think a lot of those um, Old Testament stories, there's a lot of weird stuff. You know, like Daniel was supposedly what, like the head, um, he was the, I'm like going to sound like an idiot right now, but he was um, the head astrologer of the, the kingdom of Babylon, I want to say. Like was Daniel? he? Yeah. I'll, ch- I I'll say. check that real quick. Keep Google talking. it. So ancient people had a completely different understanding of these things. You know, I think there was a point when it probably wasn't outlawed, but I think it became outlawed because it's it's kind of like, <laughs> let's just compare this to human terms. You know, like my like my grandfather took his guns to elementary school. You think that's going to happen today? No. Well, <laughs> bad, bad example. But <laughs> what I'm saying is like, he took his guns to elementary school, put them next to his book bag, and then they would hunt on the way home from school. You know right. what I'm saying? Yep, yep, so yep. It's like, I think just like in, in in human terms, the times change. People realize that these there's there's more downsides to upsides to these things, so they get banned and outlawed. So I think ancient humans probably communicated with the dead. I mean, I think that's what all the giants were building. They were building these effigies all over America that were some sort of portal to the underworld and they were burying their dead ancestors in them and they were going to these mounds and they were performing rituals and they were conjuring up their dead i yeah. mean the egyptian book of the dead everyone's is trying to communicate with their dead lost ones and i think god is like you you don't want to do this it doesn't mean you can't do it it doesn't mean it's not possible but you don't know who you're talking to and you right. could you could invite some of this stuff into your life and permanently alter your human you know earthly existence so shouldn't do this it's and and i think you're right like you know when you start to understand but heiser's take was you know most people who have lost a loved one swear that they've had some sort of after the fact encounter all the way from seeing the person in their home or at their funeral or at, in some place they used to go together his take is God is a God of love and he knows that we experience heartbreak and it's God comforting those that have lost someone that they love and saying, look, I'm not gone forever. Mm. It's like, it's something that they didn't, they sort of involuntarily had an interaction versus I'm going to go to a sorcerer and dig up the bones and get the hair and do this sacred, you know, (laughs) forbidden, you know, uh, witchcraft to get my to talk to my dead spouse i mean that's you can do that there's no proof that you're talking to your dead spouse you could be talking to someone right talking to who knows what oh i have a that just sparked a, a crazy story because I, me and um me and two two guys were talking about uh we were riding in a van and we're talking about ghost stories and he was talking about how his mother was uh, a psychic and his mother passed and I can't remember. Oh, he was saying how like he used to get um, it was either his because uh, this guy was English. It was either his uh, his mom or his nan, he said, and how um, 
he got visited from them and he told a few stories about how he got visited from them, but that he hasn't heard from her in about 12 years. Mm. And as soon as he said that, my other friend goes, Cray, that's crazy. And then he just goes, crazy for feeling and starts singing that song. And the guy that told the story, like stopped in his tracks and was like, that was my mom's favorite song that mm. she sung to me all the time. And it was like, oh, did you just get like, was that a nod? Right. Yeah. Right? It was just an interesting little. Well, well, I think we have such a limited. We just have such a limited view, particularly. I mean, think about this from from like what the ancients believed or what we believe now. Right. It was that like you got something from serving the gods and whatever history we've been taught now, like it's it's completely backwards like the ancient people weren't sacrificing their loved children because everyone loves their children every culture loves their children they weren't sacrificing their children for you know just willy-nilly yeah. yeah they were getting something from it they were it was it was a, it was a gift to the gods and the gods were giving them something in return people say ah, that's impossible that doesn't exist that can't happen so i think all the stuff from the old testament just kind of gone underground but it's still the world is still the same we have this idea that the Old Testament's weird and the New Testament, everything's chill and different. And and they were just smoking a bunch of weed back then and doing all kinds of drugs. And that's why they were having all these spiritual. So I think when you start to, especially when you do a podcast on the paranormal, you you just get these stories all the time to the point where you're like, okay, this is crazy. Like there's some weird stuff, man. Not only are there entities, but there's like a whole hierarchy of weird creatures. So there's a whole hierarchy of like, like ghosts, demons, rakes, shadow people. I mean, there's like a whole list of like, we could just talk about different types of ghosts all day long. Shadow we, people is the one I'm most familiar with for sure. Like personally. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, like I've seen, I've seen the, um, I've seen the, the, the broad, broad brimmed hat man. Um, my buddy has seen the laughing Indian. There are these, and if y'all just is the Google, laughing, and someone told us a story about seeing an Indian in the middle of the woods, like a fully dressed. Yeah, was he laughing? I don't know if he. She didn't say he was laughing. She said he looked kind of startled, but he was like full beads, full everything. Like, like she walked through a portal, and she's like three hundred years in the past, and she's like, "What the heck?" And then, and then he like leaves. Um, she had a Bigfoot encounter, but she just like casually told that story on our on our show. That that's just one of the common archetypes. Yeah, it's just a a, a laughing Native American man. Uh, the broad it's weird, right? Yeah, it is weird that these and then you know you can argue that oh, okay, well then it's just injected into your subconscious. Everybody knows about it, so you see what you want to see. But like I saw it before I heard about it. Um, but it's, and. Oh, I was going to say something. I completely forgot. Well, I think all these, I basically say all, all these entities and creatures of mythology, people didn't just make this stuff up. It it became right. more of, it sounded oh, more like a fairy tale story over time, but it all stemmed from ex, an experience. And so the character traits is usually what defines these, these creatures and these characters because they're not seen or spotted or interacted with very often. But all the telltale signs of what they do or don't do is there. So ghosts have a particular 
sort of you could you could put their resume this is what they do right right why they do it i don't know but there's so many ghosts that don't seem to harm people they're right. almost they're almost confused they're almost lost they're sort of trapped they're stuck or they're just showing up and for a split second and then they're gone and it's like it doesn't sound like the character traits of a demon. So this is something that Christians it, just fundamentally don't understand. It's not. It, it almost, the way you're talking about it and the way I'm thinking about it, it's almost like, okay, we're energy. It, it's almost like a weird, um, I mean, I'll, you know, a glitch. I'll use that language or like a, um, like sort of like how, uh, the the mm. silhouettes of people during like the nagasaki uh mm -hmm. nuclear bombings like it's like a weird leftover residual tear or something or almost like a photocopy of just mm. um of just some sort of like residual electricity energy and image um because and it's like maybe mm. maybe they there isn't even any kind of and this is a broad brush, so maybe just some of them. Maybe there isn't even any kind of awareness, soul, anything. It's literally just like a a a weird, like after photo or something that mm. you don't. Know, is that making sense at all? Yeah, yeah. No, it does. I think the hard part is that it's it 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 seems random, but not random. You know, because I've, I right. Think, if I think that was the case this stuff would be happening every day, you know, it'd right. be happening, it'd be happening all the time that the, the occurrences would just be more and more random, you know? Yeah. True. true. It, it, it wouldn't, well, it wouldn't have, like you said, like start singing the friend's song or the favorite bird lands on the shoulder. True. Or, and that's why it's not every case for sure. Well, and it's just, it's, it's just weird how, how personalized the things are. And I, I, what I was going to say earlier was all when you were talking about uh, thinking that people in the Old Testament were just these like backwoods, whatever. Yeah. All, all you really have to do is leave this our synthetically built world and just like go out into the wilderness. And anybody that spent any time out in the wilderness, just go build a fire. And it's like. Things get more magical very quickly. If mm -hmm. you're like out in the woods alone at night mm -hmm. and, you know, you can say that, oh, well, that's it's it's just, you know, that's the explanation. But I don't th I think it's like the more you detect, like we really have built up our own little matrix and our own little safe, secure, walled concrete cities mm -hmm. that if you kind of get away from that and just go to these these places, um, there is kind of a there there are separate worlds out there and environments that are just so much different than what we have built for ourselves yeah here. yeah and i think a lot of the new testament writers are trying to convince other people of that like i think that's a big part of what paul's trying to do like you, you you're not you don't understand like what you're what what you're up up against up in. yeah yeah like you don't really know your enemy very well and you don't really know what you don't really, you don't have the, you don't have the framework of reality down very good. And I think human beings are very just we can get very down to the basics, you know, eating, sleeping, drinking, 
eating, sleeping, work. And we, you, we, you missed a big one. Sex? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> sex in there somewhere. It's just like, yeah, we're just like animals in some sense. And then there's occasionally someone will have a spiritual experience and they're trying to wake everyone else up. Like, dude, I was sleeping last night and this shadow man came into my bedroom and tried to like, I mean, we get, that's like half of the stories we get is people are asleep and this crazy stuff comes after them. Everything from beds levitating to alien, gray aliens coming to weird civil war reenactments to like parallel, you know, just crazy paralysis. It's just, do you believe every single story you hear? I feel like the encyclopedia of creatures has freaking is huge. Right. I thought I thought it was very thin little magazine, like a little boring magazine. Here are the cryptid creatures around the world. Maybe there's 20 of them. And now it's like this encyclopedia of what is out there is freaking huge. I think more of it is true than less. And I think that some of it is screen memory. Some of it is satanic. Some of it is demonic trying to freak people out. But man, there's a big difference between a gray alien and a demon. A yeah. big difference. They are not at all the same and most christians will just say oh it's a, it's that's demonic and you're like okay so you're well, on the alien so do you think like do you think they're extraterrestrial that definition of alien well we just interviewed a lady that that had been abducted since she was three years old and she's actually going on lmr how do you how LA, do you LA, la marzuli he's doing a documentary and she's one of the main she's coming out she she emailed us and she's like hey i'm gonna be on his documentary I didn't realize I was a big part of his documentary, but I, I, I'm feeling comfortable to talk about it. She's almost six years old. Good night. How do so, you? Yeah. And that's like, how do you recall something three years old? But I guess if it. Yeah. And my buddy, uh, Andrew. Um, but her story is very stranger things. Very stranger things ask. Mm, so that, like she, she was being taken and she was sort of trying to, you know, she was always said she was being taken out of a window or out of the ceiling. Um, what? See, so I'll have to listen. Always the gray aliens coming, but the gray aliens are like transporters. They show up. They're lifeless. They're like almost like, like biological robots. It's really uh, weird. See, yeah. I I don't, and I don't know why. My buddy sent me the um just an excerpt from like I don't know what to do with Bob Lazar. I like he seems incredibly i will say that dude believes the story he's telling i think um i i guess i just i don't know where to put well have you the like the idea of extraterrestrial dr david jacobs or any of these there's like three harvard mm -mm. There, there's a bunch of people who who dude it's up it's up your alley there's a bunch of psychologists who interview people who have been abducted for 20 years and compiled books dr. there's actually david like jacobs there's like there is a ton of science to 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 make sense of. Here's the problem with this, with the alien abductions. People get abducted, but it's for breeding programs. So the so if you think about it from a biblical standpoint, what do they try to do in the in the beginning Genesis six event? They're trying to mingle these right. DNAs, right? Right. Yep. And how did the giants come back after the flood? You know, Bible specifically says it happens. They don't tell you how it happens, right? And then you have all these cataclysmic events around the Old Testament, too. Like, what is going on? There's always this meddling with the DNA. So people who are being abducted always tell you it's genetics. They're doing science experiments on them. They're breeding. Mysterious pregnancies disappear. They're pregnant. They're pregnant for three months. They get abducted. Then they're not pregnant. They go to the doctor. Where, where's the baby? There's no signs that you were pregnant. 
What are you talking about? I was pregnant for three months, you know, over and over and over again. It's like they're building some sort of hybrid race. It sounds like it's straight out of Hollywood, but like there is, there are scientists who documented that every people, that people get abducted or consistently when they get past the screen memories. And then what are screen memories? So these entities, these demon, demonic entities, I'm not saying demons, I'm saying demonic, they put false memories in these people's heads so they don't remember, they don't know they're being okay. abducted. But, then, but they don't always work. It's like sometimes God allows these people to realize what's happening. So they start to get abducted, they start to get the lift off the bed, and then they you know, they, they know something's happening, and then they remember they're coming back down. They'll see owl eyes, they'll see, and they, they'll, they'll have these fuzzy memories of what happened. They remember the beginning and the end, right? But they all describe the same stuff, same thing. Being taken somewhere, taken to the craft, other bodies, experiments. But specifically speaking, the demons are like fleshly creatures. They want to get into a body and they want to be, they're very carnal creatures, right? They're like, they, they want to eat. They want to, they want to screw. They, they're just like, they're like, they're like grown wild teenagers. They're just not thinking clearly. And these alien entities are doing something completely different. They demonstrate none of the classic character traits of the demon, but there's documented cases of this stuff. I used to think all this stuff was crazy. Well, the, the, my, I guess my disconnect comes is because it, it's, it seems like a species or, or it seems like something that is outside of God's purview or mention. So it's like, what do you do with that? Well, that's why you, that's why you have to, that's why you have to realize that, like, I think that's what Paul's talking about. He's saying, you know, archons, thrones, dominions, powers, principalities, above, below. What the heck is he talking about? The average person cannot understand. He's, I mean, he's using 10 descriptive words about the, the powers of darkness. He's not saying the devil's out there trying to get you, buddy. You better so- be careful. It's like he's describing kingdoms and principalities thrones of what well how how would that not fit in with the demonic narrative it does fit in the demonic but these things are actual like species there's species oh i got you i got you i got you. there's species of creatures there's bigfoot as a species dogman is a species gray aliens a species insectolins are a species a lot of people they describe these praying mantis characters they get taken underground and they see these like freaky looking alien they look like praying mantises they say what the heck is that I don't know, but it's different. One guy came on our show and said that he interacted with Azazel and he looked like a prey mantis. That's that's wild. <laughs> yeah, but he hung up the phone. He didn't even finish the interview. Really? Yeah. He's like, at what, I, at what? I bail. He just bailed. He's like, I can't do this. And he that's just, that's interesting. That's like weird. uh who was that panicked call to um yeah it was Art just Bell? like it was just like oh that. man that's a hell of a that is a hell of a segment that dude sounded so flipped out so the lady that got abducted came on our show and said the same thing she saw the insect she saw those insectolin looking entities down there she said she saw a, a bunch of weird looking creatures and she interacted with the Nordics, which everyone says are the like the Palladians, the the alien race. It's like the blonde haired, blue eye, tall alien type creatures, which I think are just a, a, a sect of angelic race. 
So I think, I think where they does, rolled where does that land ginger such as yourself? I think you may be Rafaim's son. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, a lot of people say there is like, a, well, the red hair of the Giants is like super, super, super. Awkward. Oh, okay. Like super, like almost like, like very, it's a different type of red. It's yeah. Not like, it's not like Irish redheads. It's like um, almost like a dark, dark, like. I don't know how to explain it. Like nah. the, the elongated skulls, the red hair of the elongated skulls in Peru and stuff that they find. I told you. So yeah, Sorry, my, I, my, my worldview is like so expanded after doing well, this show. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get to talk about it, but when I went to Guachimontones in, um, outside of Guadalajara, mm-hmm. that was, that was like my first, uh, megalithic ancient place mm-hmm. temple I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And dude, I was completely, I mean, whatever i'll fully admit it i was filtering everything i was looking at through uh that mindset but it's dude the like the knowledge they had to so they worshipped that whole temple structure Mm -hmm. was was built to honor the sky god the feathered god that they worshipped um they had one the central Mm -hmm. temple uh was in the valley of a volcano Mm -hmm. um they built it to you can you can walk around to it and at a certain point it completely mirrors the volcano in the distance um it was all numerical every mm-hmm. step was in 12s 4s and 8s uh which were the elements and the seasons it was yeah. all star maps dude and then and then uh i was with john the skeptic but when he showed me the so all of the uh living quarters for the the people normal sized everything and the one structure where the head resided in front of the largest temple mound uh the staircase which was in fours were huge mm-hmm. like it was it was that you would have it would it was a large gate staircase right mm-hmm. and then the of course they haven't um unesco came in and so there's no you can't dig into like the the largest mound is completely overgrown um it's not a mound sorry it's it's circular steps so it's a like giant circle smaller circle smaller circle smaller circle all the way like up to the top yes yes yeah uh, no well no 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 like um um uh, more like um like a cake Okay. So it is like a mound, but it's actually built out concentric circles. Well, the hard part is, is sometimes over time they like they like repurpose these these mounds from like what they were originally made. Be, right. And then they kind of like just like the just like the the definition we get of the pyramids. They say, oh, these were giant tombs. I'm sorry, they're not. They weren't a tomb. They're no. not. They're not built like a temple. They're not built like a holding cell. They didn't know what they were probably a thousand years after they were wiped out and so they thought well let's put some dead people in this thing we don't know what to do with it yeah but, but uh i mean though th- i mean yeah and that's the thing like when you start to work backwards with the data you do have and i think we approach our everything on our show scientific we don't bring on a lot of he said she said stuff but what we do is we bring on guys like tim alberino to say here's the data and then every once in a while, a story will pop up within our channels that, that corroborates what we've heard on these other episodes. So we bring that guy on and tell, tell us your personal experience. And do you believe it or not? I don't know. I mean, I do know that 
people are describing the same things over and over again. And I do know that the ancient world was, was crazier than we could probably even imagine. And if you think about 200 watchers descending on Mount Hermon and each of those being like a different type of human being, well, what are their kids going to look like? Who knows? It could be completely different. It could be yeah. a completely different race. And why do we have all these different races of giants in the Old Testament? Well, could be their grandpa was old George, the uh, the crazy angel, and then his, you know, they're they're warring this guy, and there wasn't a lot of harmony. These things were warring each other. There's elongated skulls. There's ones that probably look like Hercules, like beautiful giants that are smart, handsome, cunning, and all the women wanted to be around them. It's in there that Bible verse where it was like, you know, we always we always joke about it. Uh, Ezekiel twenty three twenty. It talks about like these women getting seduced by these 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 giant men of that i think it was in egypt the who were like emissions like donkeys yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. because i yeah. think back then they were so obsessed with with fertility mm. and so to have this giant who had all this juice so to speak <laughs> was like that that's was the funny thing. that was yeah what that's funny and you and and not only that but they were royalty you say these steps were built where the king will the the tail end of the giant era there were a few giants left and they would be the rulers they would yes. be the kings that's usually my good my good stump argument is like where do you think like the ruling what class came from where do you think the ruling class came from what yeah. gave these people the right yeah. Yeah. to just say oh i rule this why what do you mean why what do you mean because yeah. i have divine blood yeah. oh and i can prove it and the same because you remember my dad yeah, and the same temples and the same structures and the same like sacred mathematics are are involved in all these structures all over the world. It's not just oh, we found this weird temple in Egypt. No, it like the only reason you you know the Egyptian ones exist is because it's in a desert and it can't be buried by the jungle. That's the only reason you know it's there. Everything yeah. else has been overgrown by the terrain, and so or you, underwater we, or destroyed. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly. So you get it. I mean, you get it. So imagine now all the weird creatures involved in all these occultic societies over time, where they come from, and then imagine they're all sort of in rebellion against God. But of the chief among them is Satan, the Satan. But all these other lesser Elohim are just as much in rebellion, and they're just as much as effing stuff up right right because it's create as much chaos as possible let's just go crazy let's just open pandora's box and make this a nightmare and they hate humans because we're made in the image of god so everything is at war with you and i think that's what paul's trying to get people to understand is like this stuff there's thrones dominions powers there's there are principalities or places where they have a stronghold like a like a fortress like a city where they Anything that comes in and out of this area, they own you, you know, and and I think that's why it's so important, you know, to geographically sometimes understand where you are, and it's it, it's just my my understanding of the cosmos and and like where all these creatures come from, you know, started with just the Bigfoot creature because it's the most it's the most seen. It's the most mm -hmm. spotted. More people interact with this creature than anything else. So it's almost like an it's almost like an animal of the spiritual world. It's like that's how I see it. It's like, you know, you're gonna see a raccoon in your backyard. You're not gonna see a mountain lion. You know what I mean? 
Or right. if you or if you do, you're going to see it very, very, very like once in a blue moon. Right. right. But you're always going to see a skunk, a raccoon, opossums in your yep, yep, yep <laughs> in your backyard. And Bigfoot is like one of those creatures. It's like it's just spotted all the time. It's kind it's kind of lazy in terms of it doesn't really care. And people think, well, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, you, you'd be surprised how many people have a story about Bigfoot. It's crazy. Well, that that was a good combo. <laughs> Sorry, man. I could talk forever about this. No, like doing no, that podcast. was good. I, was, I, don't, I don't get a chance to like freestyle a lot because I'm the one sitting here asking all the questions and just oh, I know. not thinking for our audience, letting them think. But then every once in a while, I'll have like 50 shows in my head and then I'll, I'll do a podcast like this. I think I get to rattle it all. <laughs> I know. That's why I love uh, just zero prep. Just like, hey, you want to record? That's yeah, that. Well, I mean, you do six podcasts a week and that's where we're at right now. It's like, yeah, you so you have so much crap in your head and you just want to get it out. But but yeah, man, I don't know. It just gets it gets the list gets longer and it gets weirder. Yes. Well, if you want to hear more check out blurry creatures wherever you find podcasts uh send me an email church and other drugs at gmail.com patreon.com slash church and other drugs and storefrontiers.com slash church and other drugs until next time nate yeah
was just a wave crashing over us. <laughs>